Hello everyone, and welcome to this week's Breakaway in Worship. And we are here at a bridge, which is just outside of Bell Creek Park in Redford. And uh, not really sure the history of this bridge. I know it hasn't been around too long because I actually live in this kind of uh, in neighborhood kitty corner from where we are. And I remember when they were building this. So it's a wonderful space for people to walk. It connects the, the park to neighborhoods behind me. And Pastor Kelly's message today is all about the uh, being undivided as a human race. And of course, part of um, accomplishing that oftentimes means that we have to build bridges. So what better place to come hear a message about coming together in unity than on a beautiful bridge right within the heart of our community. So I welcome you here to worship today and I would like to take you to a scripture passage written by King David and it's Psalm 133 and they have given it the title, A Song of Ascent. And what that means is that in ancient Israel, when they would use these psalms in their worship, oftentimes a song of ascent was one that the people would sing as they were going up to Jerusalem, up to the temple, up to their place of, of worship. And regardless of where you were geographically in Israel, you were always going up to Jerusalem. Even if you were coming from the north of Israel and heading south into Jerusalem, there was still that, that idea that you were heading up to Jerusalem. And that is where their most holy site was, the temple that was built for God. And so heading up to Jerusalem, heading up to be closer to God. So hear this psalm for you today. This is what King David wrote. He said, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Now, I know there's a couple images in there that just kind of don't really connect with us in a 21st century United States. And that was the image of the oil being poured on the head of Aaron. And that oil symbolizes a couple different things. Now, Aaron was the first priest that was appointed the head priest over the tabernacle. And this is language from uh, many thousands of years before Jesus comes onto the scene and Aaron was Moses's brother. So as the Israelites are traveling around in the desert and they created their first uh, tabernacle or tent of meeting, Aaron was the head priest. And when Aaron was anointed, they used oil to pour over his head as a symbol of anointing of, be, of becoming a priest. Now also, oil is used as a symbol of hospitality within homes, especially in ancient Israel, that if you were to go visit a friend's home, they would often wash your feet because you were dusty from walking on the roads. And then they would give you some oil, which would help just refresh in you and refresh in your spirit. So it's really cool that King David uses this terminology, that it's this oil on Aaron's head is the oil of anointing, and it's also the oil of hospitality. And that is exactly what we need. And then you heard two, two names mentioned. You heard the uh, Dew of Hermon. Now, Hermon was actually, in our language, was kind of a suburb of Jerusalem. 
And in that area, it was a little bit higher up in the hills. It collected more dew uh, in the evenings or in the morning when you'd wake up. There were, there's more dew in that area, in the area of um, Hermon, than there was in Zion. And Zion is just another name for Jerusalem. So it's really cool that it talks about the dew of Hermon, which is basically another town over, another area, were falling on Mount Zion. And it just gives that symbol of communities coming together and sharing in the richness and the blessing of what God has to offer. So you are about to hear an amazing message from Pastor Kelly and what a perfect time, especially as we all continue to just struggle with the issue of division in all sorts of areas within our country. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the division currently happening between Palestine and Israel. So we place all of them into God's good care this day. And I ask that you take a moment to listen to this message from Pastor Kelly and figure out ways in which you also can be a part of the solution. So now I invite you now to sit at the feet of Jesus and to look up to God. Welcome to Breakaway and Worship. Hello, everyone. I bring you greetings from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. But I want to give you a little introduction today. I'm really excited about the topic on Breakaway and Worship because it has to do with a song that hasn't been out on the radio all that long called Undivided. And it's sung by Tim McGraw and by Tyler Hubbard. And Tyler is the, um, there's a two-brother group called Florida Georgia Line, which I know most of you have heard of. And he wrote this song, he said, because he was quarantined, he got COVID and he was quarantined and he had to be alone for quite some time. And he said during that time, he had a lot of reflecting to do. And out of his reflection came this song that he wrote. It was the time of all the riots and the marches of all the division at its height. And he realized that he needs to be the one that begins to affect change, to start working for unity. And then he realized, he said, that that's really the call of every single person that lives in this country. And that he felt it a call back to God and back to unity. So the story goes that he called up Tim McGraw and the, together they did this song. And it was Tim McGraw who said, when he heard the song, he had to sing it because of that call for unity. So that's why the song, let me tell you why the scripture. So this scripture passage is written by Peter, Peter the disciple. And he's actually getting older in age and he's actually in Rome and Emperor Nero is just diabolical. He's actually the one credited with the great persecution and so all of these men and women that heard Peter right after Jesus ascended, when Peter went out right in the center of the city with the disciples and preached, and it said 3,000 came to Jesus that day. Many years had gone by, and now the persecution was at its height. Men and women being tortured, being killed. And now at this time, they've gone through Jerusalem and they're throwing Christians, Jewish Christians, out of the city, and they're running for their lives. So in most cases, those families couldn't stay together. They were scattered all over Asia Minor. 
And so he sends this letter out to a small band that managed to stay together. And they were trying to get to family. And obviously they were heartsick by all that their faith had cost them, but yet they were faithful. So Peter sends them this letter. It's the first letter. And it's one of encouragement. He's trying to lift them up, lift their spirits. And you can't help but think back to after the resurrection when Jesus appeared to the disciples and Jesus was on the beach, you know, cooking breakfast for them. And then the disciples come ashore and they haven't caught a thing. And basically Jesus sends them back out and says, cast to the other side and all this fish is brought in. And Jesus had already been preparing the hot coals. So he makes a fish breakfast for all the disciples. And he takes Peter off to the side. And he asks, Jesus, or he asks Peter three questions. Basically, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Then feed my sheep. The next question was, do you love me? Tend my sheep. And so three questions obvious a grace-filled conversation for the three times that Peter denied Jesus. And Jesus has now, in this conversation, not only forgiven Peter, but basically he said, I want you to look at the church like the sheep, and I want you to be the shepherd. So it always makes me think of that when I get to this, these verses I'm about to share that Peter is doing exactly what Jesus asked him to do by sending this encouraging letter. So he's in Rome, they're in Asia Minor, and this is the verses that he gives them. And it also says, not only for them then, but for us today. So hear this message, verse eight, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins offer hospitality to one another without grudging.